you walk into the ring of the number one heavyweight of the world, you'll be ready, won't you? Why? Because I've waited for 50 years to make you ready. You'll be able to spit nails, kid. Like the guy says, you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crap thunder. You're gonna become a very dangerous place. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. So we got Kyle Meinhart. Kyle, say hi. Hello. So we, we talked about him earlier. We've made fun of him yeah. in the past on he, this podcast. He's a fellow uh, but in a, Nationals. But in, in a good light. He, he's a fellow Nationals goer. And uh, actually, so we are just talking. We got a story to tell you to like, explain. We only, we only hey, made... Hey, how do we wrestle? Well, how do we wrestle? <laughs> no, we... we uh, it's our podcast. We talk. You shut up until we say. <laughs> so... Uh, at one of the nationals, it was. We, Kyle doesn't I, remember this story. That's the best part uh, of this. So we Gavin and I both have it. vivid memories of this. Yeah. So we're. Keith and I, every now and then, we do a little dip of cha cha. And uh, what we do, though, is so as soon as the session starts, we buy something to drink. Okay? And we just down that drink as fast as we can because, first off, we're close to dehydrated to begin with, whatever happened in between sessions. Well, no, this was this was right when we got to Nationals. This was when we oh, got Oh, so we were dehydrated we, from the day yes, before. Yes, we we had drank so much beer on the way driving down there gotcha. that uh we got to the hotel room and we all threw a dip and chew in. It was like eight guys. We're writing our little fantasy brackets. Actually, you got chew over there right now. Yes, here you go. What is it? It's skull mint. Okay. But uh so we're passing around a single bush light can and we are all taking a drink of it we're all taking a drink of this bush light can until it is empty so we have a spitter and this gets around about eight guys it gets back to Kyle oh Kai Kai and he takes Kai Mai. a gulp thinking Almost that like there is still bush light in this can and uh, no. No, it turns out it was just pure chew spit at that point so where, where was this? That you're talking about? This is in St. Louis. Oh, oh, I know. Do you have another chew story? Yes. Of, yes, oh I do. Oh, my God. So this we is... had a water. No, this is a no. I think you're mixing you, up one, maybe, Keaton. Or maybe this is no, that one I don't remember so much. But we were actually in the stands, okay? And we had uh, a bottle of something. Because it obviously wouldn't be able to be beer or anything like that. I think it was actually a fountain drink. And we were taking it around, and it was water. So, no, no it would have had to have been a bottle. So, it was water. We're taking the cab. We're all just, we're passing down, like, just chug it as fast as you can. Because we want it as a spinner. But at the same time, we're all fucking dehydrated as fuck. 
okay? And it was getting passed around so fast that nobody was even taking a glance. And it's funny because <laughs> I remember getting it and I spit in it because it was empty at this point. And then I pass it to the next person. And uh, it happened to be Kaimai over here. And he just instantly chugs it down. It just oh. slips down his throat. Okay, and there's a, there's the guys behind us who are like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. And I was like, oh. now I feel bad. If they knew it was going to happen, maybe I should have said something. Because like, obviously, Kyle so, I did not. So it just turns out that Kyle loves drinking juice spit. Oh, no. I remember his face going like beet red. And, well, you punched me in the shoulder. Well, we, we were playing that whole like punch in the shoulder thing. Like, we owed each other. You know, it was the same time I started the whole write that down type of thing. And, uh, Nobody knows what you're talking about. I know. Well, so I make a lot of jokes, most of which aren't funny. But I tell Kyle to write them down because somebody has to keep note of them. I don't remember them from day. Oh, day. Kyle's that guy. Yeah. I got you. He was, I'm like, hey, write that down. And Still don't have shit <laughs> written down. But anyways, ah, yeah, that was hilarious. So, but that sucks. That, that took that long because our intro was a great intro for what happened at Midlands. Yes, yes. So, do you want to uh, talk about team scores, talk about the dominance, disappointments? <sighs> Where do we want to go in first? Well, I think our you... biggest thing to talk about is at 125. Let's yeah. start at 125 and go. Spencer Lee looked he showed up. dominant first day. Yeah. Dominant. Dominant. Showed like he is easily the number one contender at that weight class that first day. He had the number seven kid in the nation. In quarterfinals. And pretty much nearly almost tech fault him in the first period. Ended up getting his last take down in the second period to yep. tech fault him. And then he, fucking ridiculous how good he was there. Yeah. And then he goes up against, uh, was it, what's his name? Breckett? Bresner. Yeah, Bresner of Arizona State. Okay. And. As according to most of the stats that they were showing, Bresner was not that good. Okay. Um, but I looked a little further, and he is pretty good. His only two losses was one to Dayton Fix, which we all know as a true freshman is solid fuck. I think he's even ranked in the top five by now. He was 5-0 and when they met, and it was a 2-1 to decision. Before that was an injury default. So who knows what happened there. But... I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that know what happened. If you know what happened, uh, go fuck yourself or write us an email. I don't want to hear from you directly. Hey, I know so, this is Iowa podcast. Hold on, Kyle. Go. Kyle, go. Hey, I know this is Iowa podcast. You guys know his fix redshirting this year. What's he doing? I don't know uh, because just pulling up Intermat Russ, Intermat's uh, rankings here, he's not even in the top twenty. Yeah. So he's gotta be is then. was he rusting unattached in that? No, he's got to be redshirting. Yeah. Well, it was an open tournament. It was a Las Vegas. Las Vegas Open. So, yeah, uh, he was probably unattached. And that's probably why you haven't seen a whole lot of stats from him. Yeah. But we all know he's good. He's yeah, one but of those uh, freestyle phenoms lately. Th- that, that was a match where, uh, depending on the ref, I feel like it could have gone either way with the last 10 seconds, of ma- 10 seconds of the match. He obviously had to control the kid's hips, but he had no... I mean, it, it could have gone either way, I, I feel, depending on the ref. 
There, and you there's... even saw the Brands Challenge flight come in there, and I, I, I still don't understand why it was never reviewed because you definitely saw the flag drop into the There was two the points where I felt like it was a questionable call. One was the escape takedown. It was fast, and they never really did unlock. Like, he was in a bear hug situation, which normally would be just a reversal if it went, but his hands unlocked just enough to maybe be a double under and then an inside trip. And that gave him the one, then two. And uh, sure, that puts him still behind, but at the same time, like... Maybe, maybe then Spencer wouldn't have had to go for the reversal rather than just escaping for the tie. You have some but no, he had the ride time though. So if the, he he had the ride time, he could have, tur- he easily could have came up out of an escape out of that. But he went for the reversal. Um, but if he would have just, if he just would have stood up with that, he would have won. Um, I think I believe it was two to two with a minute ride time. It ended up being fifty eight seconds of ride time when the final whistle was blown for Spencer Lee. So you said Brands had the challenge out. You saw it fall into the screen. But unattached wrestlers don't get a challenge, turns out. This is my life. And that's why we brought Kai Mai in here. He knows something. Thanks, Kyle. That boy, Kyle. That's why. Even though we hate what you just said. Yeah, well. Shit shit happens. So, uh, so here's here's the next talk with that, and uh, it'll lead into our exit. Um, uh, song, <laughs> but we got we got a kind of a gamble here to make. We got night. What do we do? Do we keep Spencer Lee in the lineup because he's definitely far better than uh, Stickley, who did not place. Yeah, Russell tough his first couple matches, and, as, and, as and he one, always will. He's a tough song. Yeah, coach. and and one thing we said to each other last night when we were watching it. He was losing the he match. He does the right things. He was he was losing the match, but that kid was taking shots and pushing the tempo of the mat match, even though it was probably out of reach for him. But he was pushing the tempo up until the last second. So the kid, you can tell the kid desperately wants to be. If you're an Iowa guy, you're going to wrestle to whistle to whistle. Um, I, well, that's hopefully what, that's, that's what, the idea. That's what you want, and that's what it's good. Even though he's not a top-notch kid, he wants to be that. But so here's here's the question that Tom Brands has to Terry Brands, the whole coaching staff has to ask himself: Do we do this and try to do have a better situation this year, end up better, and possibly get another recruit out of it? Maybe that's the ultimate goal for right now. Or because I still don't think there's a chance in hell. Unless there's some injuries that's happening at the both Ohio State and Penn State, I don't think there's a chance in hell we're going to win. Do we just save that for another year, and we uh, we go for four years straight next year? But we're, we're talking about, and we're going to talk about this later on in the podcast. Is is we got Patrick Downey that we're from what we're being told. We got inside scoop, guys. Sir. We're becoming big deals, but <laughs> but we but from what we're hearing about Patrick Downey, Patrick Downey making his way the in, in, into the lineup, it sounds like we're trying to make a we're at least attempting Pat Downey to make an matter. effort at at, at pulling Pat this off this year. Doesn't matter because no matter what, he's going to show up this year. Okay, whether we can't redshirt him again, we can't. We don't have him for next year. 
We don't have. So you're saying regardless of if he starts, he is going to. Patrick Downey he, has no determination on Spencer Lee. That's what I'm saying. Go ahead. Go, hey, Kyle. Hey, maybe you get into it, but uh, I think really more 133 had a determination. 141 had more of a determination on what you ta- do with that shirt with Spencer Lee. How's that? How? How's that? Because you know what you have at 84. You got a really good guess what you got at 84 and 97. I think this Midlands tournament really determines what you have at 133. And 141, it really determines where you think you're going to score points there. I mean, you, everywhere else, you pretty much know what points you're going to get. So let's go back into this argument after we go through the rest of the Midlands. Let's do that, okay? Then we'll have a recap of everything that happened at Midlands, and then you guys can all get an idea from there. Okay. Uh, so we don't really need to talk about Sickly. No. I don't feel like. No. Uh, Spencer Lee lost in the semifinals 2-1 to one close match. Medical forfeited the rest of the way out. Hopefully it's not it. It's just Tom for a confidence thing, but hopefully it's not he retweaked the knee or something. In I, my I, mind, I didn't see anything in that match that would have caused him to in, re-injure that knee. In it my mind, fun. it was uh, more of a mental injury from that loss that they're afraid of. Yeah. So one forty one. One forty one. Or wait, we're at 133. <laughs> Philip locks. <laughs> Philip, disappointing man. Didn't, didn't place. Yeah. We're not uh, not worth talking about. We talked about in the prior podcast that if you were to finish top five, you'll be a top 20 kid in the next set of rankings to come out. Not going to see it. He has potential. He does. He does. He can beat him. He, he just needs to get something straight there. I don't know what it is exactly. I actually wasn't able to see a whole lot of his matches, to tell you the truth. And um, a lot of that is because I was bouncing around trying to find a Spencer Lee match, trying to find a Stickley match, and then next thing you know, he's long gone. Yep. But it, 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 it's it, disappointing. That, that's one of those weight classes at Nationals that you can see like going, it, either this kid's going to go one and two, or he's going to grind it out to – Possibly being on the edge of being an All-American. So I think he's only a sophomore, isn't he? That um, Locks? I, I want to say he's a junior, but he's, he's one of those that he really needs to step up, no matter what. Yeah, we like need him he to. knows he knows that he has it locked in, maybe, and there's some confidence in that as far as he doesn't have to. You don't go crazy like some of these. Like we'll talk about some of these other matchups that there's going to be some changes made, and whether there's not changes, there's definitely thoughts of those changes. And um, he's one that he's fairly well put into his spot. And I I feel like if we had somebody else there to push him a little bit more, it might help. But we don't. Yeah, Lox is a senior. And so, going back to our intro song of this is like a do or die fucking time to fight fucking type of thing. He's he's slacking. He's pissing me off. Then now, all of a sudden, he's pissing me off even more than when I thought he was a junior. Right now, yep, that's uh, upsetting. Um, still our best option though at that weight class. Do we have anybody else? Unfortunately, no. Yep. Uh, going into one forty one. 141 is interesting. As we've talked about numerous of times, we first started with the Vince Turk, then we had a 
Carter Happel, and now Max Mirren beat Carter in the in the what fifth place yeah. match, and he looked tough. And he controlled the whole match. I'm going to say it again. This go. I really think that Spencer Lee coming out of red shirt changes a lot of things. If Spencer Lee comes out of red shirt, then why not put all of our best guys out? Either way, either way, no matter who goes at this weight class, I feel like we can't expect. Obviously, from what we've seen, you can't expect to get an All American here. But there's going to be at least points scored, no matter who we go with. I feel like at at this weight at nationals. Either way, this will be a, a an important weight class for the fact that they will score us points. Carter had a few opportunities to win matches. Uh, yeah. He lost eight to seven to for in order to go into the third fourth place match, um, and he had that guy taken down three times. I think at the end the third period that uh, he basically okay he is not offensive. Uh, from what I see, he basically is really good at defending and stuffing the head and being tough as far as get allowing a takedown. But um, he needs to score off him if he's going to win those matches still. And he didn't do it that last uh, the match to go third fourth. And it would have been like if he got if he got in the third and fourth match outside of Max Mirren, not have to wrestle Max Mirren because. Here's the thing. We all know that there's style differences, and, like, they see each other in the room. Vince Turk beat Carter Happel already. We know that with the the just bull-nosed front freaking uh, double leg, Vince Turk will take down Happel. We've seen it, yeah. and it happened. No, and Tur- Turk looked extremely dominant in that wrestle-off match. Then turns out Vince Turk didn't fucking even place here yeah. today. Yeah, it, this was this Vince Turk needed this if he wanted a shot. To he be in the should lineup. not see the mat. It's between Max Mirren now and Carter Happel. Is, is Max Mirren is he a freshman. is he a, is he a true freshman? True freshman. So they they won't pull the red shirt for that. I don't feel like if they do Spencer Lee, I don't see why they won for him. They're the better man on the mat. Potentially, potentially. But but, but but at the same time, it's one of those things where you couldn't see Vince Turk beat a ranked kid to save his life, but then Carter Happel comes out, and he can compete against these kids. Carter Happel can compete. He's a four-timer. He's good. It's just uh, he really is not doing the little things right. He's really not. He's, he's When he shoots, it's kind of arms out and kind of flailing. When he defends, he's he's tough defending. A shot, but at the same times I've seen him once again where somebody gets on a leg, he turns away and gives up that other leg. Uh, There's so many fucking things that piss me off about him, which I wish didn't because, like as I said earlier on, I'm a big Lisbon fan. I gotta say it, but uh, yeah, I'm not happy with it. So we're gonna go into 149. Brandon Sorensen. I have. All my faith in restored. Brand, yes, completely restored. Not a kid. Yes, he he was aggressive though. Like he took on that number what, he three was, kid in he the was nation. Ready then. to go. I what feel, was his name? Number three kid in the nation. What was his name? Oliver. Demolished him. Justin Oliver demolished him. Like even though the score was yet again close. Uh, we're talking about a number two and number three guy. You're expecting an overtime match, maybe a one-two point. He got the takedown when he really didn't need it. 
He he rode him out like a fucking hoss. Like even even his riding, I thought he might have been getting a stalling call. He never did because he he still was moving. You know, he was still trying to do right something. All the right things on top. Yeah. Yep. Smart wrestler. Yeah, and it. There was not a single moment of that match where it wasn't obvious who the better wrestler was. Pretty obvious, yes. And that, I I feel like up until mid Do you think Patrick Lugo has something to do with that in the room with him? I would hope so. That, I, that I extra really hope push. so. But it's the first time I feel like Brandon Sorensen hasn't been in, like, cruise control all season. I feel like he's been the favorite in every match. It's been very We're used to this. We're used to this, so. What's what? We're used to him being like yeah. fairly confident that he'll win the match and he'll he'll do a two to one. But victory. when was la- he was aggressive and he yeah. was he was looking we for saw- angles and moving the kid. Yeah. No the entire tournament. Even those close matches it was so refreshing to watch because he was he, you could tell he was trying to create angles the entire match. I th- I feel Brandon Sorensen has stepped it up and I think he will win it. I don't think I'm not and that's not to say that he's outright going to be Rutherford or whatever. But I will say that Ritter, once Ru- again Rutherford. Yeah. <laughs> I once again I'll say it. There is. It's way more likely that he gets beat on the way to finals than Sorensen beating him in the finals. If we call we we jump straight ahead to nationals. And and Sorensen's a man. He's yeah. proved it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You gotta talk about Glosser. Jaron Glosser. You can talk about Glosser. I don't want to talk about him. You don't want to talk about Glosser. No, you do. Well. I mean, he beat uh, – who did he beat from that Indiana? It was the Indiana Unattached. Well, the uh, – Right? Uh, there was a guy who was, like, what, oh, third on... in the world teams in freestyle. I mean, he looked funky in that match. He came out. He stepped around the guy's shot twice to get that first takedown, rode him out. Glosser looked good. I don't know we know what we got in Glosser. I think everyone was uh, – not really. I mean, I was surprised. I was surprised. Glosser's one of those guys. I didn't watch any Glosser in, matches. In, not yeah, gonna lie. Yeah, I watched. I, I didn't watch a single Glosser match. Glosser, like, and I talked about this earlier on. Glosser's one of those guys. It was a big matchup. I remember between him and Happel coming out uh, in high school. This is. Uh, I think uh, Glosser came from Eddieville, Blakesburg area, and um, so they're both like one A. Big deal. Okay, but. There, once again, there's a – okay, when you get to college, there's a style thing. There, There is. You have to not only be able to dominate your man in high school, okay? You, like, that's that's important, obviously. You have to be a physical specimen. But then on top of that, you have to be able to scramble and move around. We have seen that Happel is not a scrambler. He's kind of rigid in there. And when somebody gets on a leg, he has a good wizard and stuff like that. But he, yeah, he's he a doesn't good counter wrestler. He doesn't have like the hips and stuff like that. The like when you see somebody with athleticism versus somebody that doesn't, and we'll talk about this later on because um, at one ninety seven, I noticed it as well. There is a athleticism versus just straight uh, head head on wrestler. Okay, yeah, and 
it pays dividends in the end. There's those little bit of inches you can gain from having good hips and being able to move in certain ways that uh, aren't necessarily expected. Okay. Yep. So, yes, I would say Glosser has that athleticism a little bit more than Happel, but uh, as a straight-on wrestler, I don't know that he physically fits the bill. I haven't watched Glosser enough to argue that, so I'll just go with what you say, Gav. Everybody should. All right. <laughs> um, then let's go into – or do we want to talk about Pat Lugo at all? Uh, so, Pat Lugo, this is the thing. So, in in college wrestling, if you're unattached and you're redshirting, and like Pat Lugo, he was the top dog back back when he was with uh, – Rutgers, or no, not Rutgers. Where was he? God, not Lehigh. But anyways, you know, like he was the starter, okay? And it was an easy thing to do. And and that probably actually was part of his reason for coming over is he wanted to have some competition. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. And um, the thing is, is when you're all of a sudden unattached, you can give a little fucks less. You know, like there's a little bit less pressure. You don't have to dem. He knows he's next in line next year, guys. He knows that he's not in line this year. He doesn't have to. It doesn't matter if you're in the Iowa wrestling room. That is not your granted, mentality. Granted, at all. But there is that mental edge that is lost. I feel like I. Uh, I hate bringing up my shitty ass thing, but like I like when I. When they're when you were thrown into a varsity spot, you know I was Division three fucking JV piece of shit. When I was thrown into a varsity match, I tell you, I I cared a little bit more. The coaches were a little more dependent, and uh, things were a little more serious. Okay, when you're just like pretty much a throw around dummy for a little bit, um, and you you basically are working on things. You're not you're not taking everything so serious. Okay. I don't take any – sure, he got fourth. I don't care that much. He's going to be a top two, three guy when he needs to be. Okay? We don't have to worry about that. All right. I believe you. I believe you. Going off your word, Gav. As you always should. I will tell you <laughs> time and time again, I know. <laughs> That's why we do the podcast, And then 157, we got Kimmer. Again, just dominant. This guy has some hips beyond fucking belief. You yeah. can get as Matt deep as you want up his asshole with a shot. Like, I'm saying high crotch straight. Like, you're puppeting his asshole. Like a, yeah, a good foot in. Yeah. And it won't matter. He will spin kick the fuck out of it. I don't know what he does. He's out. You are not going to take him down. And he has the strength now. I think he's way more stronger upper body than what he was last year. To uh, So you take that shot. He comes in. You have control of what you think is his hips right now. That Somehow his hips move up top. He gets hip position on you where his hips are higher than your head. And he will do something in order where he can attack your legs from the backside. And it's game over. You're going to lose every time. He's a guy that is phenomenal. He... he it's hard to explain what he does on a radio. Like it's a demonstration. 
that only he can show by you watching his matches yeah. constantly. And it, his mat awareness is as good as it gets. I mean, that kid, he gets in what looks like a diving shot, and then he just, the way he brings his hips through, and the kid will even kind of crack him down a little bit, and he just tosses his hips over, better mat awareness, puts him out on top every single time. What I notice watching him is it doesn't really matter where his head is. His arms are always just as strong. Like, he is scooping those legs on those reshot, those scramble attempts. Yep. His head's stuffed. It doesn't matter. He's coming out with your leg. And, and, and every single one of those shots, where is his head? It, it's the one thing that no matter how many times you're taught it, doing it is a completely different thing. But where is his head? It is he is looking up at the fucking rafters and he is following through. I mean that is something you can try to coach, but to get a kid to bring his hips through and to fucking look up straight up into the air every goddamn shot he takes. Here here's the thing. Whether he takes a shot or the other person takes a shot, he feels he's gonna score. That that is something you cannot coach. It's it's a it's one of these things that you know you've seen some wrestlers and I, actually I'll throw out some names. Imar is that kind of guy. This yeah. guy you can get in deep on anything you want. He still knows he's in position. Whether he is or is not is a whole other thing as well. But if you have confidence in where you are and how you can use your body to get to where you need to be is is something that Kemmer has down to a T. And I'm he on top of that, from what I can see, he has a mentality of an Iowa wrestler. He is not gonna give up in any position. I don't care how ugly it gets. And I like it. Yep. Yeah, Kimmer Kimmer, he's just he's that one super bright. Got any spot of the Iowa he, program? He's so right lanky, now. man. He just—he doesn't look lanky though. He looks like a brute oh. out there. He—he he does have some shoulders, don't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like a great god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we? Okay, so straight into seventy-four. Or, no, 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 Marinelli. Are you skipping. pitching a ten over there, Keen? Oh, sorry. I skipped your... <laughs> Usually, it's just over me. Like, every time I talk, I see it rise. But, yeah, camera is another one that hits us all. That's why Gavin loves doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marinelli, uh, look good. Whole tournament. Alex Marinelli, he, it's official. It's official, guys. He's my favorite, though. As much as I was, like, talking about boners over uh, camera... Uh, Marinelli is my guy. There's a point, this happened two or three times at least, where somebody's just like touching him on the shoulder or something, or still has a little bit of an underhook as as they're going out of bounds. You'll just slap that shit off and pretty much like give you the stare down, like, get the fuck off me, the N word. You know what the N word stands for, Keaton? Uh, naughty guy. Naughty. <laughs> You're naughty. What? <laughs> he is a dick. I love it. He fucking. <laughs> I'm still trying to come up with something inwardy that I. Uh, well, don't sense. don't think too hard. We know okay. what. 
you're thinking. All right. So uh, he is – and then that, on top of that, when he's on top, he will grind that head into the mat constantly. He doesn't give two fucks about what kind of mental issues you might or the ref might or the fans might have with it. Okay? He does not give two fucks, and I love that. Go ahead. Do you got something to say? I was just going to ask if you were uh, going to say anything about that foot sweep. So when when some people do that foot sweep, so uh, what he's talking about is foot sweep as he's trying to let him up, basically, in order to get his next takedown. If they don't face him right away, he's going to foot sweep him straight back down the mat and then push him off and let you make you face him. He's going to make you get that escape where it's full connection and still letting you know that he fucking owns your ass. We actually okay. called Jeremiah Moody out for that during the wrestle-off yes. this year. But Moody wasn't winning the match, so it's totally different. <laughs> well, that and and Moody was doing it in, well, he, first off, he was rarely ever hitting it, for one. And two, he was doing it more or less in a scenario where he needed to be just attacking right away. Anyways, this is a scenario where Marinelli is putting in the guy's mind that there is nothing he can do to control what is being done in that match. And that's why I fucking love it. You, I, I'm a big fan of those shoves out, out of the bounds. You give that last shove. You don't let them walk out on their own. You, know, you let them know that you own the whole fucking match. Okay, and it's little shit like that that I personally love about wrestling. This is your mat. This is your scenario. This is how you're going to win. This is how you're going to do everything. You're going to wrestle Marinelli style. You're going to dominate every not. Even if even if you're going to beat Marinelli, which you won't, it's going to be wrestled the way Marinelli wants it wrestled. It's going to be, you're going to have to go at his tempo. You're going to have to go. Be a bigger dickhead. Yeah, you're going, to, you're going to have to headbutt just as much. You're going to have to do those little dickhead moves just as much. You're going to have to outdo everything he does. And right now, he does everything better than you. And there's nobody that I see stopping him. I love the guy. And I think that uh, he, 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 uh, he is the definition of auto wrestling where there's every moment is him dominating. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> you damn well better be. Uh, 174. We got Joey Gunther. Yep. Rough. Joey had a rough going. Um, I still like the guy. He's another one of those guys that he tries his fucking heart out. But still hasn't beat anybody worthy of even talking about. Mm-hmm. Which is really concerning to see. He... I I see him getting better though. It's I was it not his. I don't senior see him. Year I team? don't see him being an All American at all. I see him being a national qualifier. Oh yeah, for sure. And for I sure. see him. I see him winning some matches he shouldn't. Maybe one. At this point, from what I've seen so far, even even when he was undefeated, um, he wasn't beating anybody. That was, at least according to the rankings, worth the shit. Rankings don't matter. They do matter. They, who do they matter to? So I, so we're we're watching. Uh, uh, is it Kimmer? Yeah, we're watching the Kimmer match. No, 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 no. Sorensen. Sorensen. And yeah, I got a little I, more excited. And I say, what's this kid ranked? Cam goes, rankings don't fucking matter. Rankings don't matter. They don't. 
And I go, well, Oliver's ranked third in the country. And Gavin Sisper goes, ooh, third in the country. <laughs> <laughs> so they do matter whether you like to admit it or not. They, they do matter in the fact that they matter to the nation. But as to an Iowa wrestler, they don't matter. You beat everybody just the same. Okay? You wrestle your style and you dominate the whole match the way you would any other match. And in their mindset, that shouldn't matter. To me, they do because that means that we're getting better. Maybe we're beating some great guys. That's why it's important. That is why it's important to, at least from a fan standpoint. I get it, Gavin, but you're not. I am. uh, I'm wrestling with them every fucking match. You're not an Iowa heavyweight right now. (laughs) And I'm upset about it. (laughs) But, But that's why. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to the wrestlers. As from a fan perspective, it matters to us. Whether you like to admit it or not, it's all about rankings from a fan perspective. If it wasn't, <laughs> Flow Wrestling ruined this all. Back in the day when wrestling was, Iowa was in their heyday, there was no rankings like they have nowadays. Like these fucking high schoolers coming out, there were nobodies. Every one of these freshmen were nobodies. And I tell you what, the only way they became somebody was they beat somebody that did something before them. In order to be somebody, you got to be somebody. Somebody told me once, and I stick by that. My high school wrestling coach, Kyle. We're not going to disclose his name. And this is a thing that, like, you just keep winning. You're really somebody when you win a national championship, all right? And that's what needs to happen. Every one of them, national champion. Agreed. You need to quit agreeing and nut up and say something otherwise. Well, I do, and then you yell at me. Uh, exactly, because I'm right. Uh, Mitch Bowman didn't place. Kid Russell, fairly tough. Again, this is a weight class where, from our super inside source, is that either we're going to have a Cash Wilkie at 184 and Patrick Downey at 197. Go ahead and uh, disclose the information. Okay. Did did we already? I don't know if we did. No. Uh, So we got a buddy that knows Patrick Downey. It's all hearsay. And so, unless Patrick Downey's full of shit, from what we've heard is Patrick Downey We is, know he's still afraid of an arm wrestling he, he, competition. That's true. <laughs> he has not shown up here yet. God, when he does, I'm going to piss my pants, probably. I'll bring extra jeans if I know he's coming. I have sweat, extra sweatpants. Underwear that will fit me? Question mark. I have athletic shorts. As long as my balls can breathe, still, I suppose. You're good. Yeah, I'll do. You don't need that much space. <laughs> but, don't. so, from what we've heard is Patrick Downey um, has told our buddy that either he can go at 184 or Cash Wilkie can go, can go at 184. So, depending if Cash Wilkie decides, yes, I want to go 184, then Downey will go at 197. But if Wilkie wants to stay at 197, Patrick Downey is going to go at 84. Yeah. So, and, and the best part about that is Patrick Downey said either way he's going to be ranked number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not down it, honestly. Uh, eventually he might be. I mean, I can't. 
Well, first off, if you're an Iowa wrestler, you come into the Iowa wrestling room, there's expectations there. And he'll realize that real quick. It'll be a little bit different. He's, there's he's, gonna be a learning he's already, curve. He's already realized it. There's definitely a learning curve to what he had from Iowa State. Um no, no I'm not talking about the current guys we have they there uh, the expectation there at Iowa State now is different than what there was when Kevin Jackson was there. Kevin Jackson was all about you just performing to your best and uh, and uh, now there's a real expectation. Yeah, they outlawed Minnesota got in trouble for steroids. Jackson's program went to shit. Xanax. I'm what? 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 Talk. Go ahead. It wasn't steroids, right? It was Xanax. Minnesota. No, he was. They were all juicing, dude. Well, right. I believe the reason why we don't know is because old J. Rob stepped down as soon as anything was set. They're just a piece of shit program. That's all we need to talk about. I I heard J. Rob the other day on the radio. Okay, Uh, I'm not gonna diss the guy personally. Uh, he's, he was a great coach. He was good to have around for the community of wrestling. And, and, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't doubt that there was something going on there. We knew it all way back when West hand versus fucking Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That guy was ridiculously too big for a 178 Juco wrestler. Coming up to Minnesota. How does that happen? Go ahead. All you fuckers, Choco Taco and whoever idiots want to say something. I, I will. He's admitted to doing steroids when he hit the WWE. Who's to say he wasn't doing them prior? Oh, he definitely was. Yeah. Nobody's built like that, man. Nobody. And West Hand was a stud. Just ungodly stud. Well, he still win. Uh, he, he, he still owns the overall win win percentage against Lesnar. I I just there's no way um, shit can like that's a whole other topic. Okay? Yeah, we don't need to get off on a rant about. Although I will like, fuck you, Minnesota and Penn State and Okie State. Okie State. I did like we see a single Minnesota kid in the finals? Minnesota was not there. Oops. Oh, no, I saw Lezak, and that was not Minnesota Lezak. Okay, never mind. My bad. Uh, so then going into 197, Cash Wilkie. Okay. Upsetting kind of the whole tournament, but looked good in the finals, didn't he? Okay, so we got an argument, and it wasn't really an argument. It was more or less me saying that I don't feel Cash Wilkie got much better. Okay, obviously he did. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Ga- Go Ga- ahead. Gavin and I were talking earlier, and, and he says, you know what sucks is Cash Wilkie hasn't gotten any better since last year. And I turn to Gavin, and I say, he's gotten so much better than last year. But my but point that was... That doesn't mean he's not the most frustrating wrestler on our He is still team. the most disappointing wrestler to me in that he has one of the best dunk unders I have ever seen. He has some of the most, like, and we'll talk about this. Actually, we'll go and bring it up right now. Warner and him wrestled off in order to go into the finals match. Yeah, so so quarterfinals, though, uh, Wilkie had a match. Um, who was the kid that he was wrestling? Um, 
I can't find it right now. But it came down to so Wilkie let the kid go. <laughs> that that's strong, huh, Gav? Have a drink, I'm out. I don't want to talk about. It. Go. But so so Wilkie had a very close match in the quarterfinals. Um had a minute of ride time, let the kid go, and I just knew. Just knew from the way we've seen Wilkie wrestle that he's going to stall this match out because he has the ride time. And sure enough, he did. Uh, got called for stalling in the process. Lucky he didn't call, get called a second time um, towards the end. But pulled out the win, went in the semifinals against Warner. Did the exact same thing. Okay. The so- only difference is that Wookie got called for stalling in the final seconds of the match. Took it to overtime, and then Wookie ended up uh, pinning Warner in the in overtime. So, so Wo- frustrating, but Wookie is still disappointing in that he can win matches earlier on. We don't have to do these two to one victories every time, okay? And and we saw with Warner even that there's a lot of chances. Oh God damn! There's a lot of chances. No. Not the drink. It was the can chew and the drink. Can that I have was a problem? Can I have a drink though? Of the chew? No, of your drink. Don't drink too much of it. It's mine. I don't. So the problem is, is there's opportunities for people to get the. That's enough. You took half of it. It was good. There's opportunities for these other guys to get these takedowns, which is the upsetting part. Warner had the takedown. Wilkie ended up on his hip, and it was a takedown in my mind. And they waved it off. It was challenged by Morningstar. Uh, neither one of the brands were there because it was unattached versus attached both Iowa wrestlers. But, so he was the one that called out the challenge. The challenge um, was accepted, and therefore he there was no takedown against him, which uh, led it uh, to be a tied match still, I believe, one-to-one. But when you play those close matches like that, and, and you're only a one-shot wonder guy... You can't always rely on third period. When when we see it out of a uh, Ryan Morningstar when he was around, or a Brandon Sorensen, or any of these guys, these are guys that control the whole match. That those shots would never happen on them. Like those shots, they hand fought enough to where those openings were never there. That is not what Cash Wilkie does. Cash Wilkie is a guy that fiddle farts around until he has enough energy to do it in the third period and he's confident enough like he feels a guy out there's no feeling a guy out you need to go constantly yeah there there's no grinded out takedowns with cash wilkie no they are explosive i i bet you his his shot percentage ratio has got to be the best on the team because the kid waits and waits and waits but when he hits it he hits it so clean and it's so nice. That does not matter to me. It really no, doesn't. it doesn't. I agree with you. It, it, it's super annoying and frustrating from a Hawkeye stand, from a Haw- as a Hawkeye fan because you expect a wrestler to go out there and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot until you wear the kid down so much to where those shots become easy. And and he is not. I and that it frustrates me because when we saw that Jared Warren and um. Uh, Cash Wilkie match, you saw the difference in the two. Cash Wilkie is a lot more athletic. He has that movement side to side a lot more than what Warner does. Warner is, um, how do I say, he's heavy hipped 
not so strong upper bodied. Uh, you know, he is more of a he work. He's a grinder, not a flashy wrestler. And where Cash Wilkie is a flashy wrestler, but he doesn't use it until he has to. Yeah, and. And, and Warner deserved that match just because he grounded out like he should have. At the same time, though, I have a problem with Warner. Two things. One, um, he seemed to uh, – there was no excitement there. He's There's no sense of urgency. Yeah, when there should have been. That was yep. a big call for him at the end of that match. Yep. And then, and then, two, we saw after he lost that match, he was mentally broke. He realized that that was probably a season as far as being able to start. Uh, we saw possibly some tears, and which I am extremely okay with. For any of these fuckers out there that uh, make fun of that, like that means you fucking care, all right? But at the same time, uh, you know that there's mental frustration there that will affect him in the long run. It's almost like that quarterback, you know, those quarterbacks that they always say you throw that pick and then you come back and you have five completions. Like those are the standout quarterbacks that people remember. It's the same way with wrestling. You get a loss like this, uh, something that hurts deep, and you come back and it, you get more fierce over it. Like a Thomas Skillman last year at Nationals. Sure. Yep, that's a mentally tough kid. And That's, a, that's and, the difference. And we're going to go I'm – I'm, I know I'm jumping around, but so – that's part of my belief that Spencer Lee did not wrestle this last match. Is uh, coaching wise, they did not want to see that, whether it was there or not, or whether um, they had an idea it would be there. Or yeah, whether whether he would have tech fault his way out, they just didn't want to even. Do, he was mess unattached right now. Points didn't matter. Why go through that uh, that mental um, break? Yep. And so I'm okay with him. Um, sitting out that last match, and so that's the. I, I know I'm jumping back to 125, but Spencer Lee, I I agree with that. Uh, you know, it's always hard to come back from a loss. That's like something that, you know, you mentally have to be really strong about, and that might be something developmental wise in the Iowa program you'll get better at. But the idea is not to ever be there to begin with. Two. So. So, going into heavyweight. Okay. Uh, well, do we want to talk? Do Do we want to talk any more about Cash Wilkie? Uh, well, I will. I will say that his finals match was impressive. Yes, I I was just gonna. Yep. I mean, it, overall, his tournament looked good. Guys. Yeah, he he wrestled the uh, kid from Penn. Uh, what's his ball sack? Mattias. Oh, I think his last name's Mattias, but. Uh, Ranked 13th in the country. If anything, it just proved that Wilkie is probably ranked where he deserves to be ranked. Or better, if he can get past that hump. Well, you know what? He got past a huge hump last year at Nationals. If he can pull that out, make that same stride. He is still come, undefeated, come postseason. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. We're, we're talking about that going into the finals, expecting him to probably lose. We were talking about... And we said he's probably the worst the undefeated worst. wrestler in the country. And then we made the comment that he was probably the worst national qualifier, almost obviously, based on that he got in through uh, injury default, uh, getting into nationals last year. So maybe that's maybe that's his, uh, you know, that's his motivation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now, Sam Stoll. 
Sam Stoll beat uh, Tanner Hall of Arizona State, man. Ranked number four. So does that uh, put us... I think that we just probably swap spots with Tanner Hall in the next rankings here. So, so, you know, coming into this year, I really thought that Sam Stoll was going to be an easy top five guy anyways. Like, I, I, I had no question about it, but maybe the rankings did base it on an injury and some of those losses he had with an injury, yeah. even though I think most of them were Globowitz, right? Or, well, one of them for sure, right? But anyways, I don't give a fuck. He is a top five guy. at the very, He's a heavyweight that does not get in bad position. He has the shoulders of the best of them. Oh, you can tell. You, you can tell. Oh. Guy... Nobody wants to shoot underneath him. No. Nobody. No. That is a lot of The only reason why you'd want to shoot under there is to get the match over with quicker. Like, if you, like, you know, I'm a ninth seed going against the number one seed, and I'm like, I'll I'll, I'll wrestle back for third. (laughs) Yep. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, he, and, God, he's... He's another one that's kind of like a Marinelli, just dickhead, just cocksucker, dickhead. When, when do we wrestle Michigan? Mm. Is that January fifth? I'll find out. So uh, Stoll, he he actually won his finals match right off of a stalling point. Correct. Okay. Now, so, how many stalling points do you think he got during this tournament? Because he DQ'd two guys out. During this, he's got to have the record. He's got to have the most DQs for stalling out of anybody in the Hawkeye history. I don't know. I don't know. Well, so yeah, so and and that was a thing. It was hard to tell because they never actually came out and said what it was DQ wise. But you know, you pretty much have the gist if you watch the whole thing. So yeah, he was winning like fourteen to three over one of them, and it was a DQ out. And then I, I guess I missed the other one, but twice at least. Okay, but uh, here's the thing: he is really good at getting those Russian ties. Okay, which gives you an angle constantly. If you have a Russian tie, it is impossible for you to get called for stalling because you are the aggressor there. You have the offensive mindset to, to take down. And he constantly, that's all he looks for is Russian ties. My problem is with his Russian ties is he doesn't always get out to the side. He holds on to them long enough to like where they face him a lot. But at the same time, if you have a Russian tie, technically you're on the side. You're. It's almost like if you're on top and you throw in a half or something, you can ride a half parallel the whole fucking time, and that's nothing, you know. But if you get out to the side, then you're trying something. Okay, same kind of thing. I. It's maybe a little circumstance as far as like, okay, that's criteria. You're calling that not stalling, but he's holding on to that arm. I'm saying in heavyweight, bullshit. You're trying. It takes a lot of effort to control effort tie, uh, Russian tie constantly because you have to have that underhook yeah. and control the wrist. And then at the same time, you he obviously is always going for that just straight 
um, kneecap snag. You know, and so like he's just going for, straight from that, bringing it down to your knee a little bit, and then reaching off and grabbing the knee. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I noticed uh, a lot during this tournament. He's varying up his offense quite a sure. bit. He's got that tie, and he's hit that snatch single quite a bit more. And maybe he's looking more for that. I don't and know. Maybe that's what he's doing. I remember in high school that was always a big thing. Like people would do the uh, arm lever. Remember this, and they would ride that arm lever for days. But you're off to the side on an arm lever, okay? You, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like where you have the wrist, okay? The and wrist, you're, head in the armpit. Head in the armpit, and then the other one around the waist, okay? And you're just riding that constantly, and technically you're off to the side. Yeah. Even though you can control that position for not... But when you think about it, though, what's the difference between that and, let's say, um, a front headlock? You know, they'll never call you for stalling with a front headlock. They'll call you a stalemate or something like that. But, you, so, I agree with it. At the same time, I, there can be more movement there. Out of out of stall? Yes. I, I feel like he doesn't, for, and it's only my personal but, thing. Like, he's doing what it takes yeah, he, to win matches, and he's dominating these matches. And he's physically stronger than every one of these guys. I'd prefer that he... Did a lot more side to side though. I I think he's working for the side to side. Yeah, I I mean he he's going against the top four kid. No, there. I know, I and, know. And, and he that that kid did nothing but I'm back out about, the entire match. I'm talking about the difference between where he is now and dominating matches to a national championship. Yeah, yeah. Against uh, <laughs> Kyle Snyder. Yes. Which, by the way, we got our first. <laughs> yeah. We got our first yep. question. So, uh... Keen's gonna have to bite his lip, or what? what's the term you would use there? Punch myself in the dick. Yeah. Eat some crow. Yeah. I feel like an idiot. As you should, because I believe I argued with yeah, you about this. Yeah, so we were driving later that night after the podcast, and we were listening to it when we got to that part, and Gavin looks at me and goes, Why the fuck did you let me say that? Basically saying so, Ky- Kyle Snyder won... Uh, Keaton started a, out world Keaton, championship at 113 pounds. 213. 213 pounds, excuse me. So Keaton started out saying that, well, I, I started out saying that Stoll will have no issues doing a stand-up on Kyle Snyder because he only weighs 235 pounds, I think is what I said, 240 pounds. Yeah. And um, that's 60 to 70 pounds, or Wait, what's the math? Uh, 50 pounds less. <laughs> uh, I was a math major for a little bit. Uh, 50 pounds less than, uh, you know, some of these other guys he's wrestling. There should be no issue there. Sure, there's leverage issues, but, like, technically, when you think of just straight stand-up, there should be no issues there, especially since he's a shorter guy that he should be. But anyways, so... you were, No, you were talking specifically about the pressure on the knee. Yes. You were saying yeah. he can... You know, those 270-pound guys, it's tough to stand up with, with that knee, and you worry about it. Yeah, and and then Keaton kept saying, no, no, he's way bigger than that. And I was like, all right, Go by the eye test. I see him, and I'm like, that guy's a giant. <laughs> he's a mammoth. How do you beat him? <laughs> and so, like, yeah, I got up to, like, 250, and then I'm like, yeah, fuck it anyways. All I'm saying is that he, if he can do a stand-up on 285, he can do a stand-up on anybody. So Honky69 called me out. And he said, who the fuck is the idiot thinking Kyle Snyder weighs 270 pounds? And it turns out 
I'm the idiot. <laughs> I'm the fucking idiot. Keaton is his I feel name. Like such an idiot. Um, I'm glad you called that out because I so bad. Thanks, Hoggy69. Keeping us in check. But again, we have way? stated so many times. Yeah, unless you write we that are, comment. I am not an expert. Who, who is it? Honky, is honky what? Honky 69. Honky 69. Okay. Well, you can call Keaton all day. But me, if you ever call me out, you can't do it without seven BV diets in you. Because that's what I come to the party with. All right, fuckers? Yes. Keaton all day. Yeah. he's That's an yeah. easy target. Thanks, man. <laughs> How much does Kyle Snyder weigh? 235. 235, Kyle Snyder weighs. He weighs 235, uh, you know, uh, at his heaviest, you know. So most of the time he probably weighs in 235, but so then he comes, he comes, he comes like Olympics, obviously he has to be at the 220, 213, whatever the fuck it is, you know. I don't know stones. <laughs> so... I think that kind of wraps us up. So, so here's here's our thing. We, it comes down to, it's a gamble. It's a gamble for Spencer Lee. Then it's a it's a snowball effect from there. Then what do we do? Max Mirren, Jacob Warner, where's Pat Downey? It's wide open. We, we it's a gamble. It is the most unique wrestling season, like. Even though it sucks because this is by far at this point one of the weakest Iowa teams, at least since I've been following. It's still it, exciting. It's there's so many question marks in this lineup to sure. where it makes it exciting. It makes it really exciting. I am super stoked for Ohio. I hate Cleveland. That place is just a shithole. Do we have any Cleveland <laughs> listeners? I I hate fucking Cleveland. It's dirty. I like the Browns. You would. You like losing, obviously. <laughs> but I've been a Bears fan my whole life. Yeah, so, so yes, you're I used do. to it. Yeah. yeah. It's like, who do I pick as my second favorite team? The Browns, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, it this. We all know that the Branzes were looking for Midlands to see how things would shake out. It's kind of that good little midpoint spot. Not to mention our guys see our guys, possibly. We get to see a little more competition. We haven't had many ranked guys up until this point. Yep. And it's a full tournament aspect, a lot like Nationals is. It, Believe it or not, na- Nationals, any big open like this is a whole nother wrestling style. Like You have to have that kind of like... Be able to win the close matches and and still move on and have enough energy and enough, like, you know, tournament-style wrestling is a toll on the fucking body. And that's, this shows a little bit, we're, the, the competition here is maybe, what, a third and fifth of what the type of shit we might see at a Nationals, but it gives you an idea. And that's... That's kind of why they. it always seems like this would be a, a point to which they start making decisions. So it turns out, though, coming up here, um, once we get past Michigan State, um, coming off off a break, we have a lot of ex- three exciting duels right in a row. Yeah. Really exciting duels. We're going to have um, Oklahoma State, who I believe is number five right now. 
So. Let me see real quick. No, number three in the country right now, Oklahoma State. Then we're going to go into Ohio State, which depending on which rankings you're looking at, they're either number one or number two. Uh, swap back and forth between Penn State and Ohio State. Um, and then we're going to have Michigan, who's ranked sixth in the country, which is one spot above us. We got a we got an exciting month ahead of us. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of talk. It's going to take a toll on the body as far as to give you these podcasts yeah. under the BV duress that I'll have to have. As long as our yeah. liver, as long as our livers are kicking, you gotta learn to play right. You got to know when to hold up, know when to walk away, know when to run. Never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. Cause every hand's a winner. And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned 